The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. We've made it. In a lot of ways, we've made it. We've made it to the end of another church year. Pastors always praise God on this day. Wow! you got to come up with something to say, and at least 52 occasions, we made it. <laughs> but we've also made it to the end of Jonah. When I started this book with you all, I said, this is going to be hard, right? This is going to be confrontation, confrontational. And I'm going to ask your permission one more time to really get at you, like really... Get in your face this morning. I'm going to do that with a great amount of love because that's what God does to Jonah. Let's read it and then we'll pray together as we get into this very last stunning conclusion to the book of Jonah. This is Jonah chapter 4. You can follow along on page 12 in your bulletins. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to this city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. I love that. He gets happy. But at the dawn, the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there were many more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? And also many animals. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Spirit of God, there are many frustrations in our lives. Anger touches us each in different places of us, but certainly it does touch us. Break through today our anger and turn it to joy 
in Christ our King. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. You wish that the book of Jonah would have ended with Jonah chapter 3. I think you do. Because while Jonah's story was all wrapped up nice like a Christmas present, I mean, he rebelled against God, and then in chapter 3, he goes. And he goes and he preaches effectively and powerfully. We could have left his storyline right there, ending beautifully and majestically. Nineveh too. I mean, they started the story absolutely full of wickedness in their hearts, right? And Jonah goes and preaches and they believed God. You know, they... They repented. It was a beautiful and noble ending for the Ninevites. And God too. You know, God's story ended right there in Jonah chapter 3 just beautifully. Our God, who's slow to anger, he eventually did get angry with the Ninevites. And then he changed his mind. And we come to see in Jonah chapter 3 that he's this God whose heart is just relentless, even for the Old Testament version of Isis, All of the storylines were wrapped up beautifully and set underneath the Christmas tree. And the narrator could have just put a period on it and said, Amen. We could have pulled like a Disney and, and the narrator could have said, And Jonah and the Lord and the Ninevites, they just lived happily ever after. And it was beautiful. But it wasn't meant to be. In fact, the Spirit of God wants us to know that it couldn't end happily ever after. Right? He destroys that happy ending. He trashes it. And he trashes it amazingly and right away. I mean, we don't even have to get out of verse 1 in Jonah chapter 4 for... The ending, our beautiful, happy Cinderella ending, just to come crashing down. Because Jonah needed to deal with his anger. Look what it says in Jonah 4, verse 1, right away. He says, But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. The narrator wants us to know that this is very far from happily ever after. In fact, all of the English translations really mess this up. What it should say is this. To Jonah, it was evil. It was very evil. See what the narrator did there? He hemmed Jonah in with evil, everything was pressing in on him and he was saying, this is bad, Lord. This is really bad. And then the narrator goes on to say, and Jonah was livid. That's how the chapter starts. The whole thing just comes crashing down and the rest of the, rest of the chapter goes something like that. Six times the narrator talks about Jonah's anger. 
Three times the Lord lovingly and patiently interrupts Jonah's anger with questions that interrogate. This is not happily ever after. You know what this is? This is angrily ever after. Because the Spirit knew. The Spirit knew that Jonah needed to deal with his anger. Now don't get angry with me for saying this. You do too. One of my favorite movies is actually a, a, a movie called Inside Out. Have you seen this movie, Inside Out? Great Disney movie. Riley's the main character. She's from Minnesota. Maybe that's why I like the movie. <laughs> and she moves to San Francisco, to California, right? She doesn't like it so much. And inside of Riley's head, you have four emotions. You have joy and disgust and anger and sadness. And the emotion that's predominant for Riley is joy. And that seems appropriate, right? For, for mom, do you remember who, who it was? It was sadness. But for dad, for dad, the emotion that was in the driver's seat was anger. So for dad, he interpreted his world through his frustrations and his angers. That's how he understood his life. Do you see what Disney's trying to say? Do you see what Pixar wants us to understand about men? Men are angry. Men are frustrated. Their lives didn't turn out the way that they wanted them to, but it's not just the men. It's not just the men. I want you to think about how many words we have for anger in the English language. And maybe open your ears this next week. What you'll hear is people expressing their anger. I'm outraged, people will say. I'm offended, people will say. I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. And sometimes people get around to say, admitting what they're really feeling. I'm angry right now. And it's interesting in our world right now, I think, maybe I'm wrong, we could talk about this later, but I think our world is angrier than I've ever seen it right now. And anger's actually become sort of a virtue. Like it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And people and politicians actually cultivate anger. But I want you to see this in Jonah's life. Because the Spirit has this for us. <laughs> it's amazing the negative effects of anger on our lives. Especially on Jonah's life. I mean, just look at him spiraling downward, downward, downward. This is where he starts. He starts way up here at the top. And the anger causes what at the beginning of the chapter? Depression and suicidal thoughts. Here's what Jonah actually prayed to the Lord. He says, Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And from there, Jonah just spirals downward, 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 downward. The next thing that happens is Jonah ends up giving God 
the silent treatment. He isolates himself. God comes to him and says, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah says, nothing. There's no anger at all. And then God plays a little trick on Jonah and he takes, he gives him something and he takes it right back. And then Jonah spirals even further down. And he's not even able to pray anymore. You see that? He's not even able to pray anymore because one of the most difficult things to do when you're angry is actually to pray. Have you noticed that? So he just says it to himself. He says it to himself. He says, it would be better for me to live than to die. And you know where we find him? We find him all by himself outside of the city just sitting there and he's expectantly hateful. That's what anger does. He's expectantly hateful. He's actually waiting outside of the city. He's suicidal in what he really wants to see. What he really wants to see is God just burn up Nineveh. He's waiting for the show out there. Right? These are the destructive effects of anger on our lives. So I don't want you to be deceived about anger. It's not a good thing. When you take anger and you add anger to a sinner, what's going to happen? It's like throwing a match on lighter fluid. We self-destruct. That's what happens in the book of Jonah. God breaks into this destructive, self-destructive anger. And he does it in a very gracious way. He's like a father. He's like a mother who puts his arm around his angry child. That's what God does. And now it's not time for a storm anymore. It's not time for direct words like before in the story. It's not time for a fish anymore. You know what it's time for? First time in the whole book. A conversation. That's what happens here in the book. It's time for God to have a conversation with his beloved, angry child. And so he gets right close up to Jonah, and he asks him a question. He says to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry. Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah's not ready to answer that question yet. Maybe you aren't either. In fact, Jonah, he gives God the silent treatment. So God, you know, he, he sets this whole thing up. He sets it all up perfectly and Jonah's out there sitting on a hill, and he grows this plant. And for the first time in the book, Jonah gets happy. Like, happiness is a truth. You know what I'm talking about. Like, God gives him this little plant, and Jonah's happy. And then God takes it away. And finally, God goes to him again, and he asks him another haunting question. He just adds a little bit on. He says this, 
is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And this time Jonah's ready. This time Jonah is ready with an answer, and this is what he comes out with. This is just stunning. He says, it is. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. Oh, Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. But now the Lord's got him exactly where he wants him. I I wish that someone would make a movie of this, because this is cinematic quality. I mean, Jonah, he's out there on the outskirts of the city. He's waiting for the big show, or he's waiting for God to just blow the whole place up. And God takes away the plant, and he sends this tremendous wind, because the wind in that area is tremendous. It's powerful, and it's hot. And Jonah's getting faint. He's not feeling so good anymore. And here we are, ready for the great conclusion of the book. And you know what it is? Jonah's going to fight with God over a plant. (laughs) I love that. He's going to fight with God over a plant. I mean, he loved that plant. It was a beautiful little plant, provided shade. It was his dear little plant. He had done nothing to cultivate it, but he he loved that plant more than anything in the world. And it exposed him. We learn two truths about Jonah and his anger. We learn that his anger is all-consuming. And we learn something incredible about his love. He loved a plant for his own selfish interests more than he loved 120,000 fellow human beings. He had no right to be angry. That plant didn't belong to him at all. And he had problems with the breadth of his love, didn't he? This is where the Lord closes this thing out. He's got one more question for Jonah, and this is what he says. You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot turn their can tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. I mean, this is a compelling argument. Jonah, you didn't do anything for that plant. It wasn't yours to begin with, and yet you got angry. You were concerned about that plant. Jonah, did you know that I created Nineveh? Did you know that I have a plan to redeem Nineveh with the blood of my own son? And shouldn't I then be concerned about Nineveh, who I will buy? And that's how the book ends. (laughs) Just hanging out there. 
That's it. I mean, this, this, story, this ending is like The Sopranos. Have you seen The Sopranos? So disappointing. I mean, the mob boss is sitting in the restaurant, and this assassin's walking in the door, and then everything just goes dark. Everybody who loved The Sopranos was so disappointed. I mean, that's how the book of Jonah ends. We don't know if, if God's anger management classes with Jonah were. We don't know. We don't know if Jonah finally came to this grand conclusion like, God, I kind of do like how you rule the world. I like the fact that you rule in grace and mercy. We don't know. It's almost like there's this big question mark that's hanging out there. Should I be concerned about people? You know why we have this trick ending? Because God's getting at you. Answer the question. Do you have a right to be angry? Answer. Answer the question. Is your plan for the world better than God's. Is your imagination as big as God's? Do you think that God should rule in grace and mercy or not? Or do you think He should just knock everybody out of your way in His justice? Answer the question. Answer the question. God's answered the question irrevocably. He doesn't answer it right away. He doesn't. He, he wants to leave this question in front of you. Should I be concerned about them? He just wants to leave it hanging there. He leaves it there for a while for a few hundred years. <laughs> but then he answers the question, and he answers it irrevocably by planting his cross right outside the city. Should I be concerned about the city, God asks? He says, yes. A thousand times, yes. Should I be concerned about angry people? Should I forgive them? Yes, a thousand times. Yes, should I rule the world in grace and mercy? Should I rule as Christ the King from the wood of the cross? Yes, a thousand times. Yes, that is the bigness, the greatness of the very heart of God. Not just for Nineveh, not just for New York, but for you. Answered question. Finished book. Finished church year. We did it. We made it. It was hard, but it was worth the journey. A thousand times yes in Christ. Amen. <laughs>